Carla. Uh, I think we, or the first time I met you, I think it was at the Gymshark store opening, and you were flying around with, who was the other guy who was there from Gymshark? Which one? The one who does all the calisthenics stuff. Stan. Yeah. Uh, Stan. Yes. Yeah, Stan. Mate, and you were flying about, about with Stan, and I was like, that is very impressive. But I've never seen him before until then. Yeah, he mate, was doing just, things it, like that. me because just I... The muscle up. <laughs> the he was like, doing muscle up. I was like, oh, you're just wrapping them out like you're just walking, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's so impressive. But I'm like the Tim man. Like, I caught, yeah, I'm just terrible just at anything up. athletic, calisthenics. Like, bicep curls and chest is just about me. But <laughs> Fundamentals. Te- yeah, mate. Training. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get much better than that. Tell us, tell us on our viewers a little bit about your story. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Tyler Saunders, a personal trainer, online coach. I've been in the fitness industry about seven years now. Um, I was born with a disability. I was born with my right leg missing from the hip mm-hmm. and I've never really, I haven't got a background in fitness. I haven't always yeah. been sporty. Um, guess being, you know, young with an impairment, I didn't really think sport and fitness had, you know, I didn't have a place in that realm. Yeah. Can I be really naive? Like in terms of that being from Bear, what, mm. what was it the reason for that? Um, or, was, or was there not one? Up until, I guess, a few years back, like, it was just how I was born. But mm-hmm. my mum had cysts in the womb mm-hmm. and I supposedly grew next to one, which prevented my right leg from growing. Okay. Um, but again, it wasn't lost through like trauma or, or yeah. illness. It was just how I came out. Um, wore a prosthetic leg from quite a young age, from about two, three years old. And again, as a child, you know, being born with a disability, a lot of the time wearing that leg was just to kind of fit in and be quote unquote normal and just kind mm-hmm. of blend in. So yeah, never really pursued fitness and sports. Tried a bit of football, you know, England, massive sport here yeah. in the UK, um, but clearly not very good at it just because you rely on your legs for arguably most of the game. Um, so yeah, I... Didn't really do any sport. I got into wheelchair basketball um, in 2006. And that kind of what put me onto the path that I'm on now. Yeah. Um, like fell in love with the sport. Always been a big basketball fan. And then got recruited into the Great Britain squad in 2008 after the, uh, the Amazing. Beijing Paralympics. Um, and yeah, tried really hard. Wanted to break in for London and Rio, but, you know, team was really good. Yeah. Um, found it difficult to break in, but in you know adopting a fitter lifestyle training hard kind of dialing my nutrition mm-hmm. i saw improvements in my you know my well-being my fitness my mental health my physical appearance and all those things mm. i thought you know i can't go back to my office job which i was doing uh, qualified as a pt in 2015 and ever since then i've been helping people improve their quality of life kind of getting over their boundaries and, and limitations and arguably living healthier and happier amazing i know like from my granddad years ago like before he died he had a uh, prosthetic leg as well mm. how did you find that was it like such a young age and obviously advancements of it and then what made you kind of not want to continue no, to use right. it that's a good question i it was really painful like all the time so really? Your granddad, was he above the knee or below the knee? Do you remember? Uh, he was above, so above he found the same really painful Really as painful. Well. And kind of there's a, a scale of, you know, what part of your limb you're missing. It makes, you know, things a little bit easier, a little bit harder. So if, you've, if you're below the knee, you've got, you know, functioning knee, functioning yeah. hip. Yeah. You're a lot more, you wouldn't know if a person had a prosthetic if they covered the leg yeah, up because yeah. they're, they're walking their gates quite smooth. Mm-hmm. Above the knee, then obviously you've got mechanical knees, a little bit more painful. You've got to kind of slip into that socket. Yeah. 
for me, it's, it's from the hips. I don't actually have anything from, I've got like half a pelvis. Yeah. So I'd have to sit into a little socket thing with like a mechanical hip, knee and ankle. That was similar to my granddad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, we kind of get by just cause it's what, well, I didn't know any different, you know, walking around with the leg, with my one leg visible, yeah. that was like unheard of for me. It was like, try and, you know, blend in, be normal, mm. have as regular life as possible. But all day, like during school, the leg would hurt. And then I'd get home and literally just chuck it off in the corner and hop around because that was my relief. natural yeah. state. It was a relief. Yeah, kind of when I hear like women say they take their bra off after a <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, literally. Or take your hair <laughs> down. Like, no, oh, yeah, something. Yeah. And that was my thing. I just, you know, unstrap the leg, chuck it off. And like my friends would always, my close friends anyway, they knew I felt happier with the leg off. So they always like encouraged it if I was by their house. But out in public, it was like, you know, look, as normal as possible, cover the leg up, you know, wear long trousers, never wear shorts. And then fast forward to, I think I was like 24 and just started to, you know, I got a car, which helped at that time, a um, bit more independence, a bit more comfortability mm-hmm. in myself. And I started to wear the leg a bit less, you know, using my crutches. And it was hard making that transition initially, just cause going from somebody who, you know, looked normal to then having a, you know, a visible difference. Yeah. But that soon, that soon passed. Um, I guess just being more comfortable and not having to deal with that artificial limb pain, it, you know, I kind of got over that really quickly. But then the fitness side of things came in a little bit after that. And I used to think that I wouldn't be taken seriously as a trainer because of my impairment. I thought I'd need the leg to be taken seriously, mm. you know, to spot people properly, to, you know, provide a better service. Mm. And it, it hasn't stopped me. It, it, I haven't needed it. And essentially I kind of am where I am because of my uniqueness yeah. in a way. Um, so yeah, you know, there hasn't been any limits or, or things stopping me from achieving a healthier life. Did or, the, sorry, oh. did the basketball help your confidence as well, being around other people? Was it, So when was the basketball? So you said you were like 24 yeah. and then moved into sport. Was that mm-hmm. like a really good place? You'd be like, yeah, fuck, fuck this. Like, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. look at me. Yeah, in a way, because growing up, I, w- I didn't know anyone else with yeah. a disability. Maybe I knew like one person out of my, you know, school circle, my friends, my family. So to actually join a community of not people necessarily like myself, but everyone had a different impairment. And the great thing about wheelchair basketball is in the UK as well, you don't have to have a disability to play. So like you guys could play on my mm. team, but everyone gets a classification point, which is a, right, okay. argue, it's a yeah. discussion for another day. But just to be a part of something, again, I grew up not doing team sports. So like basketball for me was a really pivotal time. And just, you know, joining a team, the camaraderie, the, the you know, the banter, all that kind of stuff. I didn't have that growing up. Like I didn't do team sports as a mm. kid. So yeah, it became a really important part of my life. I still play now. And even, you know, when I get old and gray, like I still want to play as long as I can because I've met some great people. I've traveled yeah. the world. I was in Germany for three years playing semi-professional out there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've, I've done That's a lot amazing. through the sport and it's just yeah. meant a lot. And I know for me and, and other people in the team, like having a disability or not, just sport has brought us all together. It's made us part of a big family. And it, yeah, it means a lot to us. And, you know, thinking back a couple of years into lockdown when we couldn't have that, it, it became so apparent yeah. how important that was to us. Obviously, you have massive physical strength and the things and the attributes and the experience that you've shown through sport, fitness, uh, and, and anything else that's been put in your way is massive. How much do you think 
it's it kind of had an impact on your mental health and the mental side of things and the way that you maybe see things and the, and the challenges that you've come up against. Mm. That what sports and like fitness has done for me in the last, I guess, five years. I spent two years kind of just feeling my way, you know, building my business at the gym, trying to get my name out, get clients. But in the last five years, I've kind of pushed myself out in some more of like the public space doing kind of challenges and fitness events and stuff like that. Things that I thought I couldn't do or I wasn't mm. able to do. Mm. And that's a kind of limiting belief I've had. You know, you know, we all have those like deep rooted yeah, things yeah. that yeah. it's that little voice in our heads and we don't know where it's come from. It might just be experiences as a kid, probably yeah, most likely you mine. Do it, you can't do it. You can't, you can't, do, can't, do, it. You can't <laughs> do it. You know, upbringing, the experiences of the child. Like I've always had that thing where I'm like, oh, you know, you can't, you're not good enough. And I think, well, I know now with fitness, I'm constantly challenging that, that kind of old belief system, that character, you know, you can't do this, you're not able to do this. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot about myself and I'm, you know, we've all gone on personal development journeys, but I had no idea that joining the fitness industry or being a personal trainer, I'd end up finding out more about myself. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of difficult things that I've come to, you know, you've got to do a lot of inner work sometimes and, you know, do a bit of mindfulness as well, a bit of meditation, journaling, all these things you kind of have to dig deep internally. It's not just the workout, you know, there's all these other things that tie into it. And it's been a journey and I'm enjoying it, but I never thought I'd kind of end up challenging things that were deep rooted yeah. through fitness. You know, you kind of think you go to the gym, you look good, so you build muscle. Like, no, it's more than that. Yeah. Like, there's so much yeah, to it. Yeah, so much more. Yeah. So you've, you've never let, obviously, anything like ever limit your ability moving forward. Do you think that anyone's ever put barriers or limitations in your way? Mm, that's a good question. I think, weirdly, like I'm quite an optimist and like I see the best in, in a lot of things. And if somebody might have, somebody might say something in passing, like, oh, like, how do you do that? And, yeah. you know, won't you fall over if you do a deadlift and you know things like that but i haven't actually kind of experienced limitations per se because my mobility is quite good and my, i can actually get around quite independently yeah i guess i don't really face barriers per se in terms of the fitness realm but off topic and kind of on topic as well took my kids to chessington last year for the first time wanted to have you know, a really fun day out yeah i basically got turned away from all the rides because i had one leg Oh, really? And I thought it will be like my youngest daughter's height would be like the limiting factor. You can't go on the vampire ride because, yeah. you know, you're too, you're small. too small. Literally, they're like, yeah, our rules stipulate because you, you're you not wearing a prosthetic or because you're amputated above the hip, you can't go on the vampire ride. I'm like, are you guys for real? Why is that though? What? So it's basically health and, reg um, health and safety regulations. You know, Chessington's old. They've been built in like the 70s, 60s and the rules haven't changed since then. So they're behind the so times. So they're behind the times. And because had you been to guess I'm guessing like other themes and moves and parts where it just been like No, actually I hadn't I hadn't. Okay. It was just something to do with the family, like have some magic moments. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was literally crushed at the end of the day, like, how oh, can yeah. you guys tell me I can't get on a ride that's designed to keep people in the ride because I've got the one leg? And yeah. but it said in the rules they yeah. can't do anything about it right now. But I was like, I've jumped out of a plane, I've done a skydive, yeah. like done yeah. things way more way <laughs> more challenging and dangerous ride. than this but so that was quite an eye-opening experience in the terms of like perceptions i mean perceptions from society yeah like you know you have an impairment you're disabled you're deficient 
you can't do X, Y, and Z. Whereas prior to that, like nothing had really stopped me. And it gave me a bit of a exposure into how like some of my peers might, who yeah. might feel what they might experience day to day. You know, some of my friends who are in wheelchairs or might have less kind of mobility than me. They get faced with things every single day. Like, you know, even getting on the tube or getting into certain buildings in and around central London, you know, that's what they have to deal with. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, like, okay, this is actually a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, we, well, we've got a friend, Soph. I don't yeah. know Soph Butler. She was with Jim Shaw for a while. And she like- Oh, Soph, yeah, Soph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, some yeah. of those, like, we did a podcast of her and like some of the things that like she went through in terms of like one, discrimination and just two, just write out kind of naiveness and just lack of- Understanding. Yeah, understanding and yeah. empathy. Like, and even Chris Nicholson, like when we went to that event and- I'd, yeah, Chris as well. Yeah, yeah. so like yeah. We, we, were, we were like kind of with going to an event with Chris and it was the- time where he was stuck at the train station it was one that was on like national news he was on like, mm. gmtv talking about it because he i think all the, the whole train got kicked off the platform and then he was the only one left on the platform because he couldn't get up the stairs then he asked for help but their lift was and broken. the lift was broke sorry as well yeah. and so it had cool. been broken so he, for a really long yeah. time so yeah. he asked for help and they said like we can't help you so then the staff from the train station watched him drag him his bag and his wheelchair, like all his legs, everyone was scraped to bits, mate. He was crying going up and they just watched him. Um, And like, I was ringing him, like trying to get hold of like where he was, trying to find out where he is. We rang the train station, didn't mean to tell him like, what What the fuck's going on. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and then, anyway, he got back onto the train and then he was pulling up at like the next station and he asked, I think, if he had a ramp and he's like, we haven't got a ramp and he said, well, will you be able to like help me off because I can't get off the, back off the train? Uh, And he said, oh, we, we can't help you because of, policy and like again health and safety regulations that kind of thing yeah yeah yeah. and then he was like so you expect me to just like bunny hop off the train and then passengers were like don't worry we'll help you off and like the train and stuff was like no you can't help them so basically so they're did. protecting their yeah, yeah. if they're anything happens when yeah, yeah. chris gets hurt they're basically protecting themselves from their a lawsuit. Interest, but yeah, yeah. these things should be in place for chris to get on and off the train mm-hmm. yeah unaided or at least with some provision but these are all the things that still need a lot of work and 100 mate. i mean perceptions and attitudes have changed a lot in the UK and I guess the world just through, you know, social media. I think the Paralympics as well in London, that was mm-hmm. a big shift in, in perception and attitude towards disability, but there's so much. I think the representation still isn't there though. Like, mm. and, and I mean, that was like probably like a one-off case of maybe thousands, thousands hundreds that happen yeah. all the time. And yeah. like, it was good that Chris, and we did a couple of posts about it. Chris got on like the national news on Gem TV talking about it. I think, good, yeah. I think yeah. he's still fighting the fight of talking about it now. I think he's had to sit down with like National Rail, which is like, again, helping the cause. I hope like shit, that doesn't happen again. Because mm-hmm. he's, you know, fairly active and independent. And yeah, he's he is. Strong guy, yeah, yeah, he is. But someone else who doesn't have that functionality, doesn't have that, you know, that ability to hoist their chair, them and their luggage up. Have it doesn't I don't think stairs. I'd even be able to, like yeah. this. That's physically so hard. And mm. he is, yeah, he's built, isn't he's he? He's a jacked, really strong yeah, yeah, guy. A good, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, not everyone would be able to do that in any sense or ha- or even have like the courage to try and ask someone for help because it's, that, how do you even ask? But if a, a mum with a pram wants to get off a tube, people have help, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the instructor, conductor probably wouldn't have an issue with that. Yeah, they probably help. <laughs> they'd help too, yeah. But I think because the person's got a disability, it's like, oh, let's, you know, let's not get involved, you know, they already have an impairment or they're already injured. Let me not do anything yeah. to like worsen the case. Like that's not it. We're, I think we're, we're able, we're functional. Yeah. We can, we can live an independent life. We just need some 
adaptations here yeah. and there sometimes. I think we've gone that far, like in terms like cancel culture as well. We were speaking about before about like men opening doors for women or like you offering to help mm. someone who's maybe uh, in a wheelchair. People are, like scared to almost do things sometimes because like looking at like what are the bigger repercussions afterwards. And I think that's the problem that we've all an echo chamber people have created around mm. like even just doing the morally right thing these yeah, days. Yeah, people are scared to just yeah. do good acts. Yeah. I think because that's going to stop people from doing those things. But if your intentions are good, then, you know, lines might be blurred or like the wrong language might be used, but that's a discussion to have. As long as, if you do the thing, then you can always work backwards. But if you just don't do it at all, then Nothing's we can't, gonna get yeah, done. we can't build on anything yeah. that way. Yeah. I think Kyle had a question there then. Yeah, Tyler, I'm just on Google. The voice of God, yeah. He's yeah, like, what's that, what's that thing called in the Wizard of Oz? It just like comes down Oz. from the... Oz. Oz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. You are Oz. Oz. Uh, I'm just on Google looking around trying to find a bit more about what you've done. I've just seen you flying around on a Ninja Warrior course. Mate, I would break my neck doing something like that. How did you do that you with one that. leg, if you don't mind me asking? Um, ah, sorry. That's how I do it with one leg. Just kick things out. <laughs> um... I did that in 2018, actually. So it was a little while ago. Um, it's funny, someone downstairs was like, I saw your Ninja Warrior run the other That's day. That's so sick. And it was, yeah, I got an email to say, would you like to appear on the course? I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's give it a go. And it was arguably the scariest thing I'd done at the time. And I knew that even if I got through the course, I wouldn't get up the wall at the end. You know, it's got that walked wall, you got yeah. to run up and grab the, the top. But everything outside... Everyone says, do you have a chance to practice it? I'm like, no, you literally just see what the obstacles are. Somebody does a run of it beforehand and you're like, do you just got to do it on the day? Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, the person did stage one and two. I was like, okay, could maybe manage that. And then stage three, which is where I fell in, they're like these big red balls that spin and you've got to just run across them yeah. really fast. So obviously the, the professional ninja did it. Yeah. And I was like, hey guys, um, are there any ideas for me and they got, <laughs> they got any tips for me they were like mm, nah, just 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 go out just it. hop and hope for the best which is what i did I what are you like work. a handstand handstand walking can you do that yeah just if the, if, so if it was stationary it would have been wait but yeah um because i didn't know how spinny they were i don't yeah. know if, you could, if i could like crawl across or so i just went for the hop and hope for the best got over three and then yeah just went straight in the water but that was a challenge for me just to see what i could do i knew i wouldn't you know, finish the course. Yeah. And people are like, you know, why bother anyway? But I thought, you know, I just got up there and see what I could do. And I got a bit further than some of the other contestants, which was a win in itself. Yeah, exactly. But it's just putting myself in a very scary, uncom uncomfortable, nervous situation and just seeing what I was able to do. And yeah, like the kind of feedback I got off it, off the back of it was insane. Like people in my gym were coming up to me, hugging me and crying. Like, oh, that's <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was cool. And they keep showing the rerun now because it was the last physical series before lockdown. Ah, uh, okay. And they uh, did a new uh, casting. They wanted to film again. Obviously everything got shut down. So it was like the last one they actually filmed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, every time they air it, someone messaged me like, I've just seen you on TV. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's five years old. It was, it was ages ago. Oh, but it's like, it is though, I think for a lot of people, maybe young guys or girls with disabilities might see that and think, I, I, can, I can do, do that. that. I can do that like, why can't no. I do that? That's kind of a lot of what I do now is that like I didn't have anyone who I knew doing, not like cool things, but just kind of being in spaces. Like I didn't see anyone on TV doing sports. So I didn't have that person to kind of look up to and think, mm. oh, like they're doing it, I can too. So a lot of the things I'm doing is almost to be that person 
I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And then it might be, you know, a young girl or boy with their limb missing, whether it's congenital from birth or amputation. It's like, okay, he's lifting weights. He's, you know, taking part in sports. He's, you know, fit, strong, public speaking. I don't know, whatever it is. If he can do it, I can do it too. And not to say I'm not scared or, you know, nervous or I still have those thoughts of, oh, that's too hard. I don't think I can do that. But each time I do it, it just kind of rubbishes that thought and yeah. kind of overrides that mindset. And yeah, if someone sees me doing it and they might take some kind of motivation from it, then yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I love that. I think it's because we were having a conversation again before, but like often in society, there's a lot of people who are just shy away from doing the hard thing mm. or taking the, taking the easy left instead of the hard right and not really building up kind of any mental calluses or putting out in those uncomfortable zones that you were talking about where there's a lot of growth. Mm. I think we do a good job now in society of like muddy coddling people and telling people oh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, and yeah. you never build up any kind of resilience against anything because you've never put yourself through, through stuff. anything. Yeah. And my initial kind of mindset is to take the easy route. Like I, I'm, I've never been someone who, you know, took risks or put myself in uncomfortable situations or in any situation that I couldn't, kind of walk away from more control yeah yeah but now doing sports doing you know things like a skydive that you know to me that was like arguably the scariest thing you could ever do and it yeah. took me a long time to get into it or to sign up for it but you know raise money for charity there's a bit more accountability and leverage there and yeah just like looking out of a play that like the sky and the ground I'm like shit like oh this is God. it yeah I'm falling <laughs> yeah and the feeling of you know going to the edge was like the worst. Once you're actually dropping down, like it is quite exhilarating, but I've just been gradually just doing different, th- like even doing this in the pod, it comes like, do you want to come and sit and talk on the pod? I was like, no, ah, but yes, I will. Yes, let's do it. Cause you never yeah, know what's going to come with it. it. Yeah. And that whole kind of feel the fear and do it anyway. There's a book I read last year and you know, we're all scared in different aspects, doing something new. You're going to feel nervous you're going to feel out of place mm-hmm. imposter syndrome i suffer with it massively even still people might not think it but you know you kind of think i'm not good enough like do i deserve to be here all these kind of things but the more difficult things you do like you said the easier things mm-hmm. become like the yeah. easy stuff becomes piss easy and if you do hard things or look look to do the harder things it's what's the saying like do hard things for an easy life yeah, yeah. do easy things for a hard life if yeah. you avoid discomfort you're gonna find it anyway it's coming for you. It's coming for you anyway, yeah. I think as well, when you do those hard things, they're in like your mental capacity and they're in like your cookie jar, like David Goggins says. You can go back to it when you're doing another hard thing Mm -hmm. and be like, well, I've already done this, so I'm actually going to be okay and I can do it. I think that's important to build up the cookie jar and have it and go back to it and have that resilience. It's again, just like a reference point where Mm. you do something challenging. You're like, hold on, I did something. See, like the skydive for me, that's my reference point yeah. i was like you know talking to a room of 50 people I'm like shit 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 nervous i'm yeah. nervous i'm gonna fumble my lines what am i gonna say I'm like see you jumped out of a plane like last yeah, year relax. <laughs> like, this, like this is Calm calm. Like, you'll be fine yeah. yeah and you know fitness events i've done a few challenging things like i did um the sas fan dance last oh, really? year not like with the, the yeah. whole yeah, yeah, premise yeah. of the weighted backpack and doing it within yeah, yeah. three hours but just going to the brecon beacons and doing that that like killed me just everything was aching everything was pins and needles my arms were on fire but then I did a fitness event 
the week after and I was like, oh, I've just done that. Like yeah. this is this is fine. And it's always good to have, like you said, like a cookie jar. Mm. Yeah. Because it gives you the confidence to think, actually, yeah, I can do it. And yeah. providing you get through that, then you've built up that confidence a bit more. And, and yeah. you do something else. And rather than waiting to be confident to do yeah. something, just do it anyway and build that confidence from actually like partaking in a thing or whether you achieve it or not. I think the fact that you've actually taken the step to do it, that should be a win in itself. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you clock up those things, the more confident you become. I'm sure you guys podcast when you started. So scary. Even even now, like I still get nervous before guests or Mm. before doing things. And like you said, even if you fail something it's all it's it's good to fail because you learn a lot from the failure and then you can go again yeah, like people yeah. think oh it's bad to, it's not it's not bad to it's fail it's good, no. good. Mm. good to fail bring them on yeah, yeah. and Thanks. as long as you'd learn the lesson adjust you know apply what you learned the next time yeah there's no losses in it but mm-hmm. i think again like you said we're scared of like hardship failure it's just that society of everything's got to be perfect and the, the hard, nothing can go yeah. wrong the whole thing with that as well is like as we get older in life if you've never been like kind of gone through anything and taught to be proud of anything and really take your time with things that when you get to actual things that do matter later in life like bills being behind on stuff mm. failed relationships death people right. passing like then you're not equipped to deal to with deal anything with going wrong in life when you've yeah. never had anything to deal with earlier on when like real mm. shit actually happens mm-hmm. in adult life so i think it's a it's a difficult one if that again you've been moddy coddled or like you're in this generation where like just it, everything's been put on a plate for you it's yep. you, you were in for a difficult time but i know carl were you gonna ask something like that sorry yeah sorry tyler when you said you did the finance was that with paul mott that's correct yeah yeah paul, he, sorry he was with paul mott with paul paul. oh really yeah you guys know more yeah, 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 paul yeah, yeah, paul. yeah, yeah um, <laughs> part of the alliance and stuff of alliance and yeah of us guys went up there and yeah just got paul leading the charge and i think he had on some like bright <laughs> yeah he's white front type things like yeah yeah, yeah. so paul paul taught us how to email and i was supposed to go into the Everton game with paul next month but um everton's a touchy everton's a touchy subject at the moment <laughs> yeah, so we'll yeah. leave yeah, that we, don't, we don't talk about everton's yeah. fan anymore no oh, shout out morty yeah yeah, yeah. Times. the other thing that i saw you on your instagram mate how, how much are you, are you deadlifter oh, um so at the minute like i've been stuck at like 100 102 <laughs> for one rep and it's Mate. never been a goal of mine to like see how much I can yeah. deadlift. It's just that particular video is at um, Wadsalona. It was a, an inclusive CrossFit event in Barcelona yeah. in September. And the workout was in seven minutes, we had to do 40 sit-ups, 30 deadlifts at 100 and 20 pipe press-ups. So hearing that, I was like, yeah, I could do the deadlifts. So like, There's no way I'm doing 30 deadlifts at 100. And in my category, so like the lower extremity, the lower impairment group, you've got guys who've got their prosthetic leg on. Yeah. Some have got, you know, above knee, some are below knee. And we're all in the same group. So, you know, 100 for them might be doable for 30. It'd be tough, but, you know, they probably could do that. Mm. In my head, I was like, I'm definitely not seeing this workout out. But what I think what stood out, it was my kind of mindset of how can I take this seemingly impossible task and like make something positive of it so i said even if i get two reps at 100 yeah that's a win for me i'm not going to complete the workout but let me get two reps in and that video is like me struggling to get you know the two reps where i finally get the second one up it's like a big look of like relief on my face and 
the, to me, that was a win. And like, everyone was kind of cheering me on for it, which was really cool. But at the time, it didn't feel epic at all. I was literally just like, why is it not coming? <laughs> just struggling with this. Stuck to the floor. Yeah, so, but I got the two. Um, and then now, I've, I, like the other day, I did 95 for three. So I'm like, okay, coming for That's that. so good. Coming for that double. Fuck it out. I was singing like all the L's before, like just a dumbbell, like 25 pound. It was fucking <laughs> toasted me. Hamstring screaming. Yeah, like, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone was screaming. So like doing it with bar as well, but, like you're off balance. Yeah, it's Damn. stability. Fucking so, like, because you, I'm guessing your, co- your core, I remember when you were on the bar in the, the Gymshark gym is strong as fuck as well, because you're like the one that you're externally rotating and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, and the thing is people, like in the industry or like, you know, movement therapists, physios, chiros are like, oh, so because of this, do you then overcompensate here? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. is this is just how I've always been. What, the shit yeah. that you're doing works. Yeah, yeah it's just what, like, you know, obviously everything is single leg training. Everything's unilateral. Every day's leg day to some extent. But I've only got stronger just from push, like pushing myself mm. and trying different things. And prior to the gym, like I thought I was fit, but clearly wasn't. Yeah. But now I'm able to do a lot more just through, you know, picking up weights and, yeah. and moving heavy stuff. And the carryover into my everyday life, that's to me is what's important now. You know, everyone trains initially, everyone, most people train initially to look better, you know, look good, topless, naked, six pack, all of that. Which clearly, yeah, transparently, that's why I started initially. I wanted that little like V cut yeah, yeah. at the bottom. But then- Beach boy bar. Beach, yeah, yeah, all of that. And then- Maybe when I, when I came across more functional fitness and was like, okay, function, functionality, you know, replicating movements of daily life. As I get older, I'm, I'm gonna start to, you know, wear and tear, break down. I wanted to try, well, I want to try and prolong that as long as possible, you know, not be having to use like a Zimmer frame or yeah, yeah. a chair as I get older. It might happen, it might not, but if I can do something now to help mm-hmm. kind of prevent that and push it back, yeah. all the while helping other people improve their quality of life. I'm like, I'm in a really good position and you know, I can't take it. Like, I didn't think I'd ever be here. This was definitely not on my, you know, my ambition list, but yeah. you know, you just kind of fall into things and mm-hmm. things happen and- That's a good, it's a good yeah. spot to fall yeah, into. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I've got to be grateful and, you know, give thanks for the opportunities I do get and I guess the lives I do and can change. I've spoken to Chris about this before. And again, like everyone's, level of hardship is different like and nothing comparable but does it ever like kind of i suppose piss you off that you'll get some people like whine and moan about some things and especially as like a a privileged white male when i'm or or the people who's moaning about shit do you ever look at and think like or does it make your blood boil at any point when you see those kind of things Mm, not so much like again like i'm quite a positive like you know empathetic Mm -hmm. person you know, we spoke about Goggins, like, you know, I could be that guy. I'm like, you're, you're weak as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, suck it up. Man. Like, you know, if I'm doing it, what's your excuse? Yeah. Which some people kind of get that mantra from me. Like, you know, you're training, you're exercising, you're, you know, leading an active lifestyle. You're, you know, looking after your body or the rest of it. If you can, with your clear limitation, then what excuse do other people have? Mm-hmm. But I don't like kind of actively push that, push that yeah. message just because it's just not me. But you know, people might say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm tired or I don't want to go to the gym or exercise is, you know, it's, it's painful. I don't like the ache and the doms. Mm-hmm. And, but it's more a case, it's not so much like, you know, I'm doing it, you don't have mm-hmm. any excuse. It's more a case of like, we get the, the opportunity to do these things. I love that. Some people, you know, they wish they could go to the gym. They wish they could go for a walk. They wish they could, 
you know, attend a class, play a sport. You know, some countries, they can't even leave their house. Like, mm-hmm. they, they don't have these opportunities. So that's where sometimes it might grind me a little bit. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, yes, it's, you know, it's not easy. It's not fun sometimes. It's uncomfortable. Again, that discomfort. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just get it done. But yeah, we, we have the opportunity. We have the choice to better our health, better our mental health, our well-being. Like, why would you not take that opportunity? Yeah, yeah. That, sometimes that's what might jar me a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, never, I wouldn't say like blood bought. I won't like start right now. I think it's definitely a privilege to be able to have those opportunities to work out and exercise and stuff. So like yeah. take yeah. take advantage of them. And people do learn in different ways. Like some people will look at people like Goggins and be like, yeah, I'm motivated to shower. I mean, then mm. some people will go, completely over the head because they need like positive reinforcement they need lifting off they don't need like tearing down and saying like this is what you should be like so i 100 percent agree mate and um i think it's been very inspiring just like even look at i I think did you do a tough tough mother as well yeah i've done tough mother i've done spartan races done the high rocks um turf games national fitness games these are all things i've just signing up for yeah and and i kind i'm enjoying the challenge but there was the time every single one of those things I was like, ah, oh, can't do that. That's mm. that's impossible. How am I going to do that? This is muddy. It's, you know, they're carrying a hundred kg worms. Like, how am I going to do that on my crutches? These people are doing Olympic lifts. Everyone looks way fitter than me. Like, how am I going to, everyone's going to look at me think yeah. I'm incapable. And once you kind of get over those, even with those thoughts, I went and just did it anyway. Did it anyway enjoyed it you know i got there and just adapted what i could i'm like yeah i'm not lifting that take that plate off take that plate mm. off i'm gonna do this instead and everyone's like mate go for it because then with me doing a lot of these things others are seeing it too mm-hmm. and then that raises awareness yeah things become more inclusive more inviting in a way more accessible and yeah i guess that's just from me kind of showing up and just giving it a go so yeah absolutely well it's coming across in that way and you are doing really <laughs> great things and Thank you. as we Try said it. before younger generation will definitely you'll be a massive inspiration for them as just, well just as a sign off tyler as well like to those people and i know from speaking to someone close who kind of um they lost their like later in life so it was i think they found it very difficult because they'd lived like 10 tw- 15 20 years with the leg and then lost it and found like a real confidence there and like they like you explained felt like they couldn't do certain things mm. what would your message to 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 people like that be in terms of like taking the first step and kind of like unlocking that level of confidence and moving and doing something that's challenging that they potentially don't believe is possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really good point. And having most of your limbs or, you know, optimal health to a degree and then having something kind of take that away, mm-hmm. massive hurdle to overcome mm-hmm. psychologically. And in some arguments, I might say like, I'm lucky I didn't have to go through that. But on the flip side, I've had my struggles like from day one. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of been like ongoing. But for people who, you know, experience some, you know, trauma or something, have lost a limb. Like I would say, just, you know, take one day at a time. Life can resume to some level of normality. I mean, arguably we kind of have that reference point of this was how I was and now this is me. But after you get over that kind of, grieving period Mm -hmm. and it becomes a a point of acceptance there's so many resources out there now and this is kind of one of the great things about you know the internet and social media where you can find Mm -hmm. people like yourself you can find a community like-minded people people that basically mirror you doing awesome things and 
you know, there's things that I used to think were impossible as a kid, like break dancing, for example. I used to love watching break dancing. Always wish I could do it. You got one leg, you can't do that. Follow a guy now, he's break dancing, he's one leg from Brazil, killing it. Like, it, just, it just seems like yeah. whatever in life you need two legs to do, you've just gone fuck you. And just do anyway. it, yeah. just do it. And like sport is a massive outlet for like energy and focus. And, you know, again, big advocate of fitness and sport. If anyone is going through or they're kind of going through that that kind of lull or rut where they've had like a life-changing situation. There's definitely something out there for you to do in terms of sport. I mean, basketball's my thing, but there's hundreds of sports you can do. There's communities, there's support groups. There are people just like you out there doing awesome things who have kind of been where you are mm -hmm. and have come through the other side. So like at the time, it seems like, you know, everything's just gone to shit and there's, you know, nothing worth working for, but there definitely is. It's just, you've got to change your perception, think, okay, this has happened. What's the next best thing I can do? Where can I channel my focus? Where can I channel my energy? And you can just look around and just find people exactly like you mm -hmm. doing insanely awesome things. So I think that's good for confidence and just seeing that it is possible. And yeah, it's, it is doable. Just got to take that first step, take it slowly. Absolutely. And, and just, regarding finding those people, where can people find <laughs> more of you? Um, I am on Instagram. I am Tyler Saunders. Facebook, I'm not really too heavy on. I can't even tell you what my Facebook can do. <laughs> just type in Tyler Saunders. Yeah, I'm there. Um, on TikTok as well, but not really that active on there yet. But we'll see. And your podcast? Podcast is the Challenge Accepted Podcast Amazing. as well. Just started that. Knew it would be challenging work. Didn't realize how much work. Like, <laughs> so when you've got a team, when you've got someone like Kai, like a magician, yeah. who can do stuff for you. But um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Just talking to other people or talking to people with inspiring stories. Um, it's kind of been through their own challenge, their own hardship and using their story to kind of bring about positive change. So it's nice to put the light on, <laughs> put the light on yeah, them absolutely. and just talk to them. So yeah. I love it, Lane. Cool. Great stuff. Amazing. Right, thank you for everyone who's been listening today. Uh, if you've got any questions, please feel free to drop them onto the YouTube channel. We can always fire mm -hmm. them over to Tyler as well at any yeah, point. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Tag away, tag us all. And thank you so much. Thank you Bye. for having me. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Appreciate that. Ooh, appreciate great. That.